quarter of people give up their resolutions after just one week, and less than one in ten will maintain their goal until the end of the year. Fair. And then it's like... It makes sense. Less than one in ten. Is it even... The likelihood is you're not going to be that one in ten. Is it worth even making a New Year's resolution? Hi, Benji here. I'm Ollie. And, and you're, you're listening to TikToks, the podcast where we unpack TikTok's hottest trending topics. From pop culture to social issues, we'll be stripping back the layers, helping you understand what's going down on the For You page, and saying how we feel about it. Whether it's Couch Guy, Berries and Cream, or Kate Bush's latest banger, nothing is off limits. Tune in every week for your dose of TikToks. Episode 12. That's a dozen. Woo! It is a dozen! It is! Wow, episode 12. So this is a carton of eggs. So this is the New Year's special. Yep. The last one of the year, 2022. Wow. How's the year been? How's the year treated you? 2022 has been the best year ever. 2022 has been great for me personally. How about you? Yeah, it's been alright. It's been alright. It's gone really quickly. So much of 2021 for me was me just kind of figuring out a lot of things in terms of it was a year of realizing things. Me and all my friends, we were just re- to get that reference. No, uh, I'm so sorry. It's a Kardashian reference. Um, anyway, I um, do not <laughs> keep up with the Kardashians. But uh, yeah, I think it was very much like setting up stuff in terms of what I do online. I started that in 2021. I also started consulting in earnest in 2021, and I yeah, lots of my work stuff just really t- took off in 2021. And then socially, I would say in post-lockdown, I reconnected with those people again. And also mentally, 2020, like, you know, for most people, was just, like, not great for my mental health at all. And so 2021 is really when I managed to actually claw back some sanity and get back to me. So I really feels like 2022 has been just a great opportunity to make the most of the foundation that I laid in mm. 2021. And I've been able to just let go and have a really good time. And going into 2023, I am excited to just elevate more. And I think also I'm entering an era of just like, screw it. And I love that for me. I feel it in my bones. Getting on prep. And I... Literal screw it. <laughs> yes. I'm turning 28. 30, 30 is not old, but it's, it's, it's there it's on the horizon. And I think I just really want to make the most out of year 28. I'm really excited for it. I'm going to make loads of bad choices. I can't wait. Love that for you. So what are we going to be speaking about this episode? So we're going to be speaking about New Year's resolution. So I record my New Year's resolutions every year. Okay. Do you? No, I don't. Okay. But I've done, I've had some recently. Okay, so we're going to be reflecting on our news resolutions. Yeah. And then we're going to be talking about why people make them, the science behind it. And you're going to be telling us how we can make better ones or yeah. stick to them better. And then sharing our hopes and ambitions for next year. And also... I have my new nuance. Yeah, your new nuance for this year. For this year? For this episode? <laughs> yeah, you get one a year. One a year. You can have one every episode. <laughs> I only get one a year. So yeah, that's the episode. So I look forward to getting into it. Okay, so I started writing down my resolutions about three years ago, I think. Three years ago. I, I have every year kind of had mental ones. I started writing down like, actionable ones. And the reason why is because I found that I was setting myself just unrealistic vague goals. Yeah. And so every year I've kind of tried, it's been working, just trying to write down realistic ones. It's about trying to push my life into the right direction. And that being said, this first one I have not hit. 
But also I think like, and we can discuss this, but I think I try and have a perspective on resolutions that it's just a guiding thing. And actually who I am in January is not the same as who I am in December. You change throughout the year. And so yeah. I have not hit some of these because I didn't need to, or I didn't yeah. want to, you know? Yeah. Okay. So the first one, I have nine. So I'll try and not to oh, make it too long. Yeah. I just have one. Okay. So, well, actually I have 10 because I made an addendum halfway through the year. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is to post consistently on TikTok and go on live regularly. So consistent was two times a week. So I, yeah, I post like way more than that. Not way more, but I post Smash probably like the park. four or five times. So that's great. And then I put a follower count on there, which we're just going to ignore. Because like, we have not got anywhere near that follower <laughs> count. But that's fine because I don't really, I don't care. Yeah. But, but I think maybe I was just trying to think about growing my platform and maybe that yeah. being a metric. And what I would say is that I'm so, so proud of the community that I've been able to grow. And I feel like I've really nurtured it this year. I mean, I was hoping to hit 500,000. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I haven't hit it this year. I think last year I wanted to get to 400k by the end of the year. Okay. Because I was really close, but I didn't quite get it before the end of the year. Right. And now you're almost at 500. Yeah. Yeah. But not quite. But hey, hey. So yeah, I think constructively, I think it's good that I put that metric, but I'm going to probably not do that next year because it's not really important. So I wanted to post more on Instagram and just try to develop my socials in general. So I think I have done that. If you're listening to this and you have followed me across the year, I think you will have noticed a change in my content. So I'm a consultant and I work with organizations to make them more inclusive and stuff like that. And a lot of my content was based around microaggressions and like anti-racism at work and stuff like that. And I think over time, what my content has really grown into is kind of just, it's broadened out in many ways. And what I'm talking about is how we can just be better and do better. Mm. And I talk about that from a lens of anti-racism because I'm black and queerness because I'm queer. And I speak to those communities because I'm from those communities. I think what it's really broadened out to is just something that is very accessible for anyone who just wants to learn. And that's also been really great for me. I've been able to then learn along with the people I'm speaking to as well. Because I'm not just standing on a pedestal being like, this is why you shouldn't touch someone's head. I'm having interesting conversations about, for example, you know, the term manfully. Is that toxic masculinity? Is that a harmful term? Is it not? I don't know. Is a conversation about it? I'm making content that's more along those lines. Mm. And it allows me to kind of join in on the conversation. And we're entering new spaces and talking about stuff that maybe isn't as firmly set in stone. And I like that. It feels progressive. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Pushing the boat out. I think that's maybe kind of what it is. Yeah, definitely. And pushing beyond why you should call me the N-word. Even <laughs> though, you know, don't call me the N-word. But do you know what I mean? I think it's like, okay, that's great. Foundation. Lovely. We understand why that is. Now let's push further. How can we do better? How can we yeah. do more? And I think that's basically where I'm going with what I'm doing in the work that I do. And I'm really proud of that. Okay, continue to move your body regularly in and out of the gym. I love that one. I love that. Yes. And I have done that. I have done that. And I will probably keep that the same. We've spoken about body image on, you know, on podcasts and stuff. And I've had my own journey with that. Episode um, eight. Episode eight, exactly. But I think in the past few years, especially, I've really just been like, do what feels right, move your body. And however you look, you bad. Period. Okay. So yeah, capitalize more on the 70s slash 80s fashion angle you have going on and build a wardrobe that is more cohesive. That's an interesting one. Mm. I, in like 2021, was very much into prints. I had a couple of flare moments and I've got the mustache in, in 2021. It was a moment in time. I haven't really led into that. I went away from it, to be honest with you. I, it looks great on me. Yeah, it's kind of a weird New Year's resolution to like, 
limit yourself to a particular fashion sense that you liked at the time of writing it? Because I thought, I loved it at the time. Yeah. I loved it. I loved how I looked. I'd say now my aesthetic is, I wear a lot of vests. I love yeah. a vest. I love yeah. a vest. Yeah. And some boots, some heeled boots. Mm. And some like form-fitting trousers that show off my ass. That's my aesthetic. I don't know what era that's from, but that's my aesthetic now. Okay, continue consulting, work with more organisations, do more talks, spread out. Yeah, your reach, and I've definitely done that. Worked with so many amazing organisations on some really important and impactful projects this year, and I'm just really proud of that, and I want to continue doing the work in person and not just online as well next year. Move out, because I wasn't living in my parents' flat, and I didn't move out. Yay. Date more with confidence. Invest less in the idea of a relationship and more in having fun and fulfilling interactions. Wow. Yeah, that didn't happen, did it, babe? But <laughs> do you know what's really funny? It's weird how I'm totally forgotten until just now that I wrote that resolution. Mm. I threw it away. It threw it out the window. I basically just didn't date for a lot of 2020. The carefree dating life that I described there was not my reality this year. There were huge patches of solitude. But I feel like towards the end of this year, I kind of go back to this. And I'm very much in this space now of just being like, screw it, literally. So I've come back to myself. Full circle. I've come full circle. And I'm doing it now. Travel more, didn't do that much of that. So maybe that's one for next year. Start to save. I have started saving this year. Love that for me. Get back more into reading. I've done that. Yeah, I could probably do a bit more of that, but I have you know, read some great books this year. And then I had an addendum, which was to try and save £300 a month. I haven't done that. Cost of living crisis, though. This girl did not realise. I also had a bucket list. So I have a bucket list of stuff that I wanted to achieve, but like I wasn't sure. Yeah. Book? That's wild. I hadn't had yeah. the book to. I was in conversations. Yeah. But I hadn't had the book deal. Yeah. And now the book is done. And it's out soon. On February 2nd. That's wild. now Waterstones or Amazon. Yes, that's wild. Editorial work. I want to do more writing. I guess the book has seen my life a bit more. But next year, I'd love to. If you're listening to any publications, I'm ready. Podcast. I didn't know that. Oh, wait, when did you addendum that? Not addendum. That was on my list from... Oh. I read this list December last year. Oh, I love that. But it was like a... Oh, that'd be a cool thing to do, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Um, Red carpet moment. You did that. I did that. I did that. TV? No, but I think I, think I was just dreaming about fashion sponsorship. Doc said, Martins. Doc, true. It's tenuous. It's tenuous. <laughs> it's true. Are you only free Doc Martins? No, they didn't. Oh, that's sad. They didn't. The fashion thing, because I'm Benji Lipberg, I do like dressing up. I like style. I'm not a fashion crew. I'm content creator. But yeah. Anyway. But yeah. So that was a lot. How many things was that? So it was nine resolutions. One addendum, and then I had about like seven things on my bucket list. Wow. Okay, so this year I had one resolution, uh-huh. and it was a really good resolution. It was to not binge watch on Netflix or like series. And the way that I formulated that was I'm not allowed to watch more than one episode of anything in a day. And so it wasn't like I could watch one episode of Family Guy and one episode of like The Simpsons or whatever. I could only watch one episode of something because I had so much to do this year up until August Mm. because I had my masters to do. I was making a mobile game app. I was doing all of the TikToks and I was trying to maintain the social life outside of that. I had so much on and there was just no way that I could get it all done if I was falling into a binge hole of watching three hours of like 
keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Not that for me. But, and it worked. I was disciplined. I stopped myself from doing it. I had a few cheeky technicality moments where I'd be like, I watched this episode at 11.30 and I watched this episode at like five past midnight. <laughs> so it's on two different days. But then I didn't watch anything for the rest of the day. So it was fine. It was really, really helpful for me. And then I, I stopped the resolution in August when I was in France and I was all alone. I had lost my passport and luggage. So I was out there for longer than I was meant to be and I had nothing to do. So I binge watched Elite and it was great. But I had finished my masters. I had finished working on the mobile game for the time being. I was making a few TikToks, but for the most part I was on holiday yeah. and I was alone and I had nothing to do. So it made sense. Mm. It didn't make sense to continue the resolution. Mm at that point, which is kind of like what you were saying. There are some resolutions that they're okay to let go of because contextually, you're not the same person in December that you were in January. Exactly. It's something you can come back to anyway. Yeah. If you need to focus more, then you can do it. Yeah, know? definitely. That. I never used to do New Year's resolutions because I don't really like that idea of sort of new me, new me, but mm. I'm something that needs working on. Mm. Like you should love yourself for who you are, right? Mm. But it is important to try and break habits that you don't like about yourself. Well, there is data to show that New Year's is actually a great time mm. to make resolutions in yeah. a positive way. And we'll I will get onto this. go into that. Yes. We'll get onto this first. But... I want to hear what your no nuance is for this week's episode. Can um, you remind people what no nuance is? So no nuance is a new segment in which we basically provide a very unbalanced take from the heart about something that we care about or that we think people should know more about or should be talking about more because we've realised that on this podcast we provide a lot of balanced perspectives on issues and that's fine and that's great and that's really lovely but sometimes we don't want to do that. Sometimes we just want to say it how it is and leave it at that, period. So, without further ado, it's Ollie's turn. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. I absolutely hate it when people will use replacement words for derogatory things for gay. So like when people say sus, or when people say zesty, like, oh, that was a little bit sus of you, you're acting kind of zesty. It infuriates me so much because it's like, it's just homophobia in disguise. It is just like when people would use fruity or when people would use fairy or pansy or like limp-wristed. And it, you're not fooling us, you know? All you're doing is being homophobic in a new creative way. And like, sure, next month it will be something different. It will be like tangfastic or like you're being a bit peachy, you know? And it's like, just grow up. Stop being homophobic. Just because you're not saying the F-slur doesn't mean you're not being a homophobe. And I just, I just want to slap those people silly. I, ah, man, they're annoying. I was with you, stop now. I was with you until the slap the people silly. I did not put them violent. Um, so that's you. If you're standing 10 toes down on that, that's fine. But as for me, no nuance. <laughs> I do not condone violence. But yeah, no, 100% agreed with that. And that was very, very well said. Thank you for that. Let's move on. So the thing is like, ultimately, yes, New Year's resolutions can be kind of harmful in the sense that if you think that just because it's a new year, you then need to become a whole different person. You're amazing as you are. It's fine to want to make improvements, but 
you shouldn't want to change everything about yourself. But I do also think that there are some benefits to, to New Year's resolutions. And actually, there's something called the fresh start effect, which is heavily researched. And essentially, it explains why we're more likely to focus on setting new goals at the start of the year. The effect describes how landmark events create new mental accounting periods that allow us to psychologically distance our present self from our past imperfections. So essentially, it feels like a safe time to reflect on the past and engage in aspirational behavior for the future. And it makes sense when you think about other landmark times in our lives, like birthdays, I don't know about you, but whenever I turn a new age, I think this is a great time for me to reflect on my previous age and what happened then and, and what I want for my next one. Similarly, with the start of a new week, Monday feels like it's new beginnings. You can start new stuff, but you can make new goals, new objectives. Even like, do you ever get to a certain point in the day where even if you haven't gotten through your to-do list, you're just like, well, that's tomorrow's problem. Not even in like a screw away, in the like, you know what? It's this time in the evening. If I just close my laptop and just go to bed, I'll get up early and I'll just start again and we'll make it work. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at the end of every single kind of thing, every landmark, like, it's actually the best time psychologically for us to be able to actually reflect. When you're in the midst of something, it's hard to get perspective. And so it's really what you make it. If you take this time to take advantage of the perspective that you have on the year gone, to then make constructive, practical, realistic goals and objectives for the next year while still being kind to yourself and realizing that actually, if we don't hit them, that's fine, but it's about trying to be better. I think resolution can actually be a positive thing. Yeah, I would add to that, that although the new year could be a good time, there's research that's shown that it's not, there are potential better times. So something like moving to a different place moving house mm -hmm. and studies have shown that people that have tried to change their habits after moving to a different place have been successful so yeah it doesn't have to just be when it's the start of the new year any significant moment to you maybe you've gone to a new school maybe mm -hmm. you've like started university or it's a new semester if there's a habit that you want to kick or a new habit that you want to start then that's a really good time. Yeah, agree. But a lot of science behind the New Year's resolutions, because, well, the, the figure varies where you look, mm. but some research has shown that a quarter of people give up their resolutions after just one week, and less than one in 10 will maintain their goal until the end of the year. Fair. And then it's like, it makes sense. less than one in 10, is it even, the likelihood is you're not going to be that one in 10. Is it worth mm. even making a New Year's resolution? But there's two ways you can look at that, right? Yeah. So the one way you can look at that is that people are setting unrealistic goals to become a person they think they need to be. So they're being like, I need to lose a hundred pounds or I need to gain a ton of money, you know, or I need to basically just become someone that I'm not. And then they get to the end of the year and they realize, oh, I'm still the same person. You know, I've changed in many ways, but I haven't magically became this totally different person that I was never going to be in the first place. So I think that's what's one thing that probably drives people not hitting their goals. I think also another thing is just because things change. You know, when I was reading on my goals, like I didn't mean some of them. And I don't feel bad about that. It's yeah. just they didn't happen or because I'm, I'm just a different person now. And yeah, they didn't mean to happen. So it depends on how you look at it. If that, if that makes sense. Mm. So I wanted to go through a few of the ways that science has shown to be the most effective ways to write your New Year's resolutions mm. to help you make the most out of them. 
So the first one, and we've kind of touched on a lot of them incidentally, the first one is to pick small concrete actions. So Dr. Susan Weinschenk in, in her book, How to Get People to Do Stuff, says that you shouldn't set targets that are large and vague, but instead small and achievable. So instead of something like, do more exercise this year, mm. something like 10,000 steps, or walk for 20 minutes four times a week, or like have a smoothie with spinach and kale every morning. Those kind of things, because it's easier to fulfill them. And I definitely get that, because looking at it in an academic way, if I think, oh, I've got to write a 30,000 word essay, mm. that's so scary. Like, how am I even going to start that? Mm. But if you split it into, I have a 6,000 word chapter to write, Mm. Or, oh, okay, today I'm going to write my 400-word introduction. Mm. Then it immediately becomes more manageable and you feel better. You get that dopamine mm. release when you reach that goal. The only thing I would say mm. is that, I, and I agree with it in principle, I'm just thinking, like, you also need to make sure that the metric of success is not super tight and constricting, i.e., like, if you're trying to walk 10,000 steps a day, that's arguably a manageable task but you may miss a few days and then be like oh well screw it i haven't hit this now so maybe instead of being like you know i want to try and hit maybe a certain amount of steps a week right and if i don't hit it it's fine like try again the next week like it's how you frame it right yeah yeah, yeah. so I'll, i was with you up until you said a week because if you change it from ten thousand steps a day to like mm -hmm. fifty thousand steps a week that immediately becomes more difficult to achieve because you've got a longer term goal rather than a short term goal. Missing your target for a day is a real problem. Right. And when people miss it, they can just spiral and be like, oh, well, what's the point anymore? And it's the same with dieting. People do it with like, oh, I binged today. What's the point in even doing this diet anymore? Right. And so a way to counteract that is to instead of 50,000 a week, instead of 10,000 a day, say 10,000 a day, but I want to achieve this five out of seven days a week, mm. which means that you're allowed to have a cheat day. Those days when you fail, it's okay. You account for that. In the same way that when you're like budgeting and saving, you account for a bit of spending money where you might go and have a little lavish day. No, I still feel like, then what if you fail three times and you only have yourself two failure days? But you shouldn't... Like, you should have failed then, three, more, yeah. more than more than that's not realistic. I mean, the reason why, so the 10,000 a week thing was just like me, 50,000 a week thing. That was me being like, I loosened the gold a bit. And then it also, I said after, if you fail one week, it's fine. Try again the next week. Like, that's that's like an, a goal to aim for, but it's not something you have to hit every week. It's something to aspire towards. I think that for me, especially I think maybe in the context of exercise specifically as well, I think is more of like a productive way to look at it because you shouldn't be punishing yourself for missing too, like- But you've got to have, a, you've got to have a line. You've got to draw a line somewhere. I don't think so. I don't think so. If you, you can just keep on making it looser and looser and then say, oh, well, I failed this week, but it doesn't matter. Oh, well, I failed the next week, but that also doesn't matter. And then there's no point in having the resolution. But it doesn't, but ultimately the framing, at least my perspective on it, mm. is that like, it's more, I don't think it's that big of a deal if you don't hit your resolution. As long as either you're okay with it because there's valid reasons why you didn't, or you acknowledge that you're an imperfect person and you wish you had, but you, now you've learned why maybe you didn't hit it and you can make some certain changes so make sure you try and hit it next year, but ultimately you don't hit it the next year, then, then it is what it is, you move on. 
To me personally, that's a better way to look at it because when you're putting these really strict standards on yourself and you're saying that there's a line that you need to hit, that immediately creates pressure. But it's good to have that pressure. And so one reason it is good to have that, for example, a study was done with marathon runners where a lot of them care about the four-hour mark. Four hours is a popular target for marathon runners. Mm. And this data was from 10 million marathon runners. And they found that a lot more people finished in three hours 59 than they did in four hours and one minute. Oh, interesting. And so as long as you've got a good chance of attaining your goal, then having that goal being tight pushes you towards getting it. Mm. So if your goal is to save £1,000 a month or the year, if you only get to 990 you're going to be a bit disappointed. Mm. And sure, in the perspective of it, you shouldn't be that disappointed that you saved 990 but not 1000 But having a goal to strive towards can get you over the line. Yeah, true. So I agree, and there's obviously science to back up. Yeah. Like, I agree with you. It's just, I think it also just depends on what the goal is. Yeah, yeah. It really depends on what the goal is. Like, the two examples we've used right now... I don't think I'm that serious if you don't hear. No, but that's like your subjective... Yeah, like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. This whole thing is our subjective, subjective opinion. I would say that I really wouldn't want to advise someone who is trying to exercise more or to save more to provide such strict, hard, like, boundaries or targets as to what they're trying to achieve. No, but to be clear, what we're providing here is not dietary advice or, like, advice on exercise or advice on anything like that. What we're providing is information on how you can hit your resolutions, how you can yeah. create your resolutions in a way that you hit them. But it's important to be responsible. It depends what type of resolution it is. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Like, we're in a cost of living crisis. People can't necessarily always hit saving milestones because they need to put money on the gas. Do you know what I mean? And people can't necessarily always hit a stepped milestone because maybe they still feel like it and they don't deserve to feel bad about their body because they didn't hit a certain milestone. Yeah, so, so you're like arguing the, about substance, whereas I'm talking about procedure. So like, whether they hit it or not is kind of irrelevant to what I'm suggesting, because what I'm saying is this, doing it this way, mm. you're more likely to hit it. Yeah, but literally, I agree with everything you're saying. I think the caveat should just be like, it's not likely if you don't. That's literally it. That's the only thing I would add to all of this. Okay. That's the only thing. Without that, they create a pressure which they can be harmful depending on the target. Yeah, I suppose it comes down to like, what do you value more? Do you want to push yourself or do you want to save yourself from like the potential of failure? And that comes down to like a personal thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother debate. Yeah. That's a whole nother debate. I think like- Because like, yes, yeah, if you yeah. have a strict New Year's resolution, then you either pass or you fail. Yeah. But if you have a strict resolution, the science says, that, well, if you formulate it in this way, like for the marathon runners, for example, the science says that you're more likely to hit it. But in a way, the failure is harder hitting. So it's yeah. like, do you care more about hitting it with the potential risk? It's like a high risk, high reward play, right? Yeah. It's high risk in that if you fail, you'll feel worse about it. But it's high reward in that it will be a greater success than if you give yourself looser targets that you might not hit, but you might not feel as bad about not hitting. Yeah. And that just comes down to like personality, I think. It does, it does. And I think my perspective is probably clouded, informed by my perspective on resolutions. Because as you've seen, 
I did set quite specific goals. But that's the first time I've read that. Actually, I reopened that that folder in June to add an addendum. Mm. And then the next time I read it is today. Yeah. I haven't really been thinking about it all year. It's just something in the back of my mind that I'm like, okay, these are things that I'm trying to put into motion. Yeah. I am very intentional about what I want to achieve and the things I want to do and the impact I want to have on the world and what I want to change about my life. But I think like allowing yourself the opportunity to fail and allowing yourself the opportunity to change your mind is just like beneficial. So moving on to my next piece of advice. Yeah. Researchers from Stockholm University and Lynn Kirping University noticed that New Year's resolvers, people that make resolutions with approach goals, were 12% more likely to succeed than those with goals centered around avoiding something. Oh, so true. to put that into words, instead of saying, I want to quit eating ice cream, say, I want to have a healthier diet. And that healthier diet isn't necessarily a great resolution because, as we said, it's quite vague mm. from before. Mm. But that positive framing instead mm. of the negative framing can really help. I love that. Um, I love that. And then, oh, this is another interesting one called the middle problem. It can be very hard. And I've noticed this when I work out, right? Mm. Have you ever done one of those YouTube workouts that you have to do 30 seconds at a time kind of thing? Yeah. Of reps. You'll start it and it'll be fine. And then you'll get towards the middle and you'll be like, oh, I'm really struggling. And then when you see it's like five, four, mm. three, you start getting better. You do it in better form and it feels easier to do than in the middle because you know you're nearing the end. But yeah. So yeah. this is called the middle problem and it applies to New Year's resolutions in the sense that it can be hard in the middle of the year to keep up your resolution. Whereas it's easy at the beginning and it's easy at the end because the goal, the end goal is in sight. Mm. What do you do with that middle? And they've observed this in a study where they asked people to cut out five identical shapes. First two, they cut out well. The third and fourth, they're like standards, their quality of cutting the shapes mm -hmm. slipped. And then the fifth, was good again. Oh. So it's like a real thing that exists. And as I said, I notice it when I'm doing reps mm. in a workout. What's the reason for that though? I mean, I think it makes sense in terms of it gets harder the longer you do something, mm. but mentally you have renewed energy when the end is really near. Yeah, because there's not much left of it. Putting it back into the physical terms, it's easy to do press-ups at the start of the press-ups, mm. but then you start to get tired. Mm. So it starts to get harder to do. But when you're on the 17th out of 20, you're like, oh, come on, I've only got three more. And then it gets easier again. The reason why I was asking why it is is because like a lot of time, it really depends on how much energy I actually have left. Mm. What I would say is that, and I hope my trainers at the gym aren't listening, but what I will usually do in a workout, I've got to be so honest with you, is that I will know how long the workout is. So it's 45 minutes, right, at the gym I go to. And so... I will know that I shouldn't really expend too much energy in the first 15 minutes. And then towards the end of it, I'll be like, okay, there's only 15 minutes. So I can give all I have because it's, it, do you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. over. But like, if for some reason the workout, so I'm really bad at push-ups. And so like, I'll start off really well. Middle will be like crap. And by the end, I'll just give up because I've got nothing left. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out like when you are in situations where you do get that second burst of energy, for example, running races, yeah. the diamond was running races. So I've run a marathon before. Wow. And like, you, that thing you said before in the previous example really resonated with me in terms of like, 
windows are closed, like you only get a certain time and you speed up. Like, and so where does that come from mentally? And how could you tap into that without needing to get to the end of something? The way that you do that yeah. and the way that you approach the middle problem yeah. is by, we've already actually talked about it, cutting things into more manageable tasks. Okay, right. So the way Dr. Susan Weinschenk suggested from earlier is that instead of an annual goal mm. or something, you use monthly landmarks mm. so that you are basically cutting down how much middle there is, mm. right? If you can start off in January and be like, okay, I'm doing this, this is fresh, I'm able to do this, I'm getting through this, and then there's only maybe two or three days of middle before you're like, oh, actually, it's almost the end. I can get to the end, I can get to the end. And then you've done January, and then you just try to kind of reset your mind for February mm. rather than thinking, I've got to do this for the whole of January, the whole of February, the whole of March, mm. and then by July or June, you're sort of like, oh. Okay. Bringing that end closer in sight. Because I totally get what you mean in the sense of when you're doing push-ups, you are just dead by the end. No shade to you, but maybe it's because you don't want it enough. You don't want that 20th rep. Because there really is a mental element I'm just going to, like, ignore the fact that your drawer is on the floor at me shading you right now. And That was really... not a shade. That was a re... That was a drag. <laughs> you... The reason why you can't hit that 20th rep is because you don't want it enough. You don't want it. You're lazy. <laughs> so, when I think about this, I think about things like, do you know who Eddie Hall is? Eddie Hall was, like, the world, or at least UK's strongest man. Okay. And he broke a lifting record of sort of over 500 kilograms or something okay. in a deadlift. And it was absolutely wild. But it almost killed him. Because in order to... You know how mothers, when their kid's in danger, they get like a new lease of strength? Like mothers have lifted up cars to get yeah. their trapped kids before. That's because we have that extra reserve of energy of strength yeah. for life or death situations and so in order to deadlift this insane amount of weight and he had to go into this place in his mind of like my kids are dying like he had to go into a really dark place in order to tap into that adrenaline and so that he can lift weight it's wild like why are you do he always skilled himself to lift a weight like come on <laughs> toxic masculinity but yeah i don't want it enough so i don't want it that bad no. oh, good <laughs> i don't want it that bad but it works on a smaller scale as well okay. i think yeah, I don't want to turn it around. Yeah, I don't. You're right. In all seriousness, do you know why? Do you know why? I really am just of the mentality. And again, it really depends on what we're talking about here. Let's keep it to the gym. Let's keep it to working out. Mm. I'm really of the mentality that, you know what? If I've turned up, that's a win. Genuinely, it's just like get dressed mm. and I close that door and I hit the pavement. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, oh, you won. It doesn't matter what I did there, whether I went there, I looked at the machine and I turned around. Listen, I, I did my part. A win's a win. A win is a win. Well, I have another little fun fact. Okay. End the episode on. Cool. Do you know where New Year's resolutions come from? No, I don't. Oh, interesting. So, they come from Julius Caesar. Okay. He ruled that the New Year began on January the 1st in 46 BC and urged subjects, that's people, to commit to personal improvement and resolutions have been synonymous with the turning of the year. Oh, 
okay, interesting. Mm. That was fun. Who knew facts could be fun? Well, look at that. In my Christmas episode and the New Year's episode. Okay, don't, don't get a big head. Okay. <laughs> anyway, should we wrap up? Yeah. I really hope that you found this episode helpful. If you do use any of the tips, do let us know. Oh wait, I have two more tips I wanted to say. Okay, real quick. Sorry. Doing your New Year's resolution with a friend can really help. Okay. And don't expect lasting change for at least three months. So they say it takes 66 days for a habit to become ingrained. So if you start on January the 1st, maybe around March the 7th, you'll start to have your eating healthy habit become a passive decision rather than you actively having to think about it. Mm. So set that landmark in your diary. I love that. Thank you. Mm. So yeah, definitely let us know if you use any of the tips that we shared. If you are setting a New Year's resolution, I'll be setting some goals. I'm sure Ollie will be as well. Please do leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Please do engage with us on social media, TikTok podcasts on Instagram and TikTok. Also, please do email us at the TikToksPodcast at gmail.com if you have something you'd like us to talk about or if you have any thoughts to share with us. And yeah, I wish you all an amazing, lovely, prosperous 2023. Wow, prosperous. Prosperous, yeah. yeah. Wholeheartedly concur with everything Benji said. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Love you. Bye. <laughs>